today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. As you are out and about trying to, or not out and about, trying to cope with COVID-19, uh, we've certainly heard of uh, outdoor activities, cross-country ski, skates, toboggans, much like bicycles and, and sports equipment in the summer. Uh, hard to keep it on the shelves simply because, uh, you know, people are trying to, to get some sort of exercise as best they can. And, uh, you know, if you live in a, a suburban situation, somewhere there's a pond, somewhere there's a creek, somewhere there's a body of water, which, uh, considering the mass freeze that we've had over the last several weeks, uh, is frozen. So a lot of people, I mean, we've seen the shots down at Coots Paradise. Uh, it's packed. And uh, the only problem is uh, when you're skating on a, um, a natural surface like that, there's a lot of grit in that ice. There's a lot of particles of sand and what have you. And if you're used to skating on a real nice surface uh, like uh, is in an arena, uh, your skates um, last a lot longer on that surface than they do skating in a natural setting. So how do you sharpen your skates, especially when none of these places are open? Well, that's when you pivot. That's when you're nimble, and that's when you start a, or uh, uh, obviously flourish, with a skate-sharpening mobile, skate-sharpening business. Let's bring in Sean Green, owner of VeloFix, and is with us now. Sean, thanks for the time. I hope you're doing well. I'm doing fantastic. How are you, Scott? I'm doing great. So uh, t- did this was this around prior to COVID, or is this a business that, that uh, evolved out of COVID? Well, it started last year. We were, um, as you know, I do, I do bike repair, mobile bike repair as well. And in the winter, obviously not as busy. So last year we thought, uh, what can we do to add on to our existing business? And uh, I need a little side gig for my 16-year-old son who is driving me nuts. So we looked, at, um, we looked at skate sharpening. Um, it was a pilot project with our, our head office and uh, for a few Canadians. Um, we picked it up. We did uh, a, few, a few last year. But uh, definitely this year has kind of exploded. And uh, how how difficult was it for you to change or pivot this way? What what did you need to do? Explain what these vans are like, or this van. Yeah, sure. So um, Velofix is a, a mobile um, bike shop, completely fully equipped to do everything you could possibly think of um, with bicycles. So you book online, we come to your house, we fix your bike. So Many franchises across Canada and uh, the U.S. do ski sharpening or, or ski tuning and ski waxing. Mm-hmm. I'm just not a skier. I'm a skater. So I kind of said, okay, what can I do to uh, add on and uh, do some skate sharpening to go along with it? Um, the system's set up pretty good. People know who I am and, and know the business. And once we, when COVID hit, obviously, last year and, and then this winter with the lockdown, we started getting more inquiries. How can I get my skate sharpened? What can you do? So we do a fully contactless, no contact um, skate sharpening. We will arrange to go to homes, but a lot of it is done on location at our house or at, at my van. So how busy are you? How much has this picked up from last year? Oh, it's, it's you know, exponential. I mean, definitely. It's more of like um, trying to find the time to make everybody happy is, is the mm. challenge now. So, you know, when, once I'm... When I'm done with you, I've got a few things to do with the bike shop, and then I'm back to sharpening skates with my son. And where do you go? I mean, obviously, a lot of the arena, well, arenas are closed. Uh, right. So wh- where are you going? I mean, and again, I know exactly where this yeah. is, is headed because my <laughs> son's in the same predicament. So so it, tell us how you uh, find the skaters, per se. Yeah, it, we've, 
we've been very lucky. People have reached out to us. So, for example, last weekend we were in uh, beautiful Ancaster, Ontario, where I live. We were at a local um, rink that community group put together. They reached out and said, hey, Sean, can you come down? I'll let the world know that you're here. And we sat there, you know, at the local community rink uh, sharpening skates. Um, and then, you know, they email us, they contact us, and many people are coming by the house where I have the skate sharpener set up. And we're going to be out and about um, over the next week or two at different skating rinks and, and community events and community places. And hopefully down at Coots Paradise where, yes, many, many people are enjoying it. Uh, so how busy are you? I can imagine when you pull up to a place <laughs> like Coots Paradise, it's like a food truck. People just come over. <laughs> it is. It is. It's been great. I mean, you, you know, it, it's not something generally most people think about when they're when they're skating. They, You know, it's not... Most people are, are very recreational skaters, and they just go, oh, yeah, I should get my skate sharpened. Oh, yeah, there's Sean. Let's go get it done there. So it, it's really a, uh, you know, kind of like in the variety store where you grab the chocolate bar on the wood. It, it's something you do without without even thinking about it. And, you know, I'm guessing, because probably most people most of the time will skate on a actual indoor rink or a professional surface as opposed to natural ice, um, are people aware that natural ice, uh, you got to probably get your skates sharpened a little bit more if you're using the pond? Absolutely. Like, a natural ice is much harder. It's much colder. Um, the surfaces are very bumpy. I mean, we, we've all skated on ponds where there's, you know, the, the trees and the leaves stuck in it, and, you know, you're generally walking across you know, something rough to get to the skating pond. And yeah, you got to keep an eye on it. It's just not as much fun skating on dull ice, on dull blades as it is on sharp blades. So we can take care of that. And obviously I'm thinking just the sand and the grit that you can't even see that's in this ice. Oh yeah. I mean, it's it's natural, right? I mean, the wind blows things around people, you know, people skate, there's leaves and twigs and sticks and, you know, you name it on the ice. So but that makes it fun, right? That's the whole point of yeah. getting out on these ponds to do something that that's natural and not artificial. So we've talked with many businesses uh, such as your own that have had to had to adjust as a as a result of this. Obviously, as you said, uh, VeloFix, you're you're into the bicycles and and mobile repair bikes, right? Uh, mobile uh, repair shop for bikes uh, in the summertime. Is this something uh, that's going to change as a result? Any of the pivots that you've had to make for uh, for the global pandemic is some of this stuff going to stick even when it's all over? I think so. I think especially with, with the bike business, it we were very, very lucky that we were able to quickly pivot um, away from you know the, the standard business model and do contactless. It was almost contactless from the start. I mean, you book online or you call me, I show up to your house. Most of the time, people have left their bikes out or you know there's very little contact. I pick up the bike, fix it, and return it right away. Now, um, it's a matter of there's zero contact. We do everything online. We do payment online. We do, you know, you don't even have to really interact with me at the moment, um, which makes people feel comfortable and confident and, and, and safe. And we're very, very conscious of making sure we're always masked and gloved and we clean the vans uh, after every use. And, you know, people appreciate that. Tell us more about uh, VeloFix. Is this all mobile? Is are there locations? Yeah. Or uh, tell us more about the company. Sure, absolutely. So it's a it's a Canadian franchise that started, um, I guess, six, seven, eight years ago. Um, three fellows out in Vancouver, um, frustrated with uh, getting their bikes fixed and not having to bring them to a bike shop and wait, you know, a period of time to get them worked on. They thought, oh, there's got to be a better way. So they figured out that. 
we'll put a bike shop in the back of a, a Mercedes van. So I've got this mm. giant red Mercedes van that I have a fully equipped bike shop. And when I mean that, it really is. I have every possible tool. I have most parts. Most things are on demand now when it comes to ordering parts. So next day or a couple of days later, you book online. I show up to your house. We chat about the bike. You get to interact with me as the mechanic or one of my other mechanics and get to test ride your bike. And, you know, it just it makes this, the whole process a little, you know, less intimidating. There are some amazing bike shops in, in this area for sure in Hamilton. It's just a lot of people are intimidated by going to anything that's, you know, above their mechanical Specialized, ability. yeah. Yeah, so we, do make, you we, make, sell, we do make it easy. Do you sell it all or just service? Just service. Um, yeah. We do what they call the, um, you know, the, the last mile for some online bike brands. So, again, if you're online and you want to buy a bike and you're not confident about building it, we we handle that part of it as well. Especially so, with e-bikes uh, I've been an avid cycler since I was uh, very young, obviously since a kid. Kept it through my adult life. Uh, <laughs> tried tried to get a bike last summer that you know where that went. <laughs> so yeah. uh, obviously that's put off for me for a while. But uh, you know, how do you? Uh, what, what intimidates me about bike shops is price. Is that I think sure. if I'm going to go in there, it's going to cost me a million bucks. And you know, you want something better than, and I don't want to name any names, but something right. better than the average person might. Buy but you know these things can be astronomically expensive does it mean that you have to 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 really upgrade in order to take advantage of these shops are they that specialized absolutely not that i know that's a misconception and and it's a hard one because you see you know you see the weekend warriors out on the road with their high-end carbon bikes and think oh that that that's what i'm looking at you're not you'd be pleasantly surprised at every single bike shop in this area you can go into have a good conversation with the, the staff there and say, hey, I want an entry-level road bike, mountain bike, e-bike, and they'll gladly work with you within your budget, talk to you about what's required. And the other thing is a lot of the times people don't realize that the bike they have with a little bit of TLC, which I provide, we can get them back running like they're new. Yeah. And there's sometimes no need to really spend all that money. That's a valid point. Um it- and, and again, you, you, I know you can't answer this question, but you know we can go into any department type store and see what these are price ranges. If you're going in to look at something like this, what would they start at? What you know again, and I'm sure it's a question you yeah. can answer. But you know I mean, where I'm you, going. The truth is, you you do you know you get what you pay for, and that yeah. that is the truth. But you know, a lot depends on what you're looking for. If you're looking for an entry level mountain bike or a hybrid bike, you know you can start it. 150 or 200 dollars you're gonna regret that um <laughs> but you know any starting at 300 dollars probably would be a, a an okay starting point where you feel like the bike is something you can use for more than a year and you can work on it and you can you know have it for more than just a short period of time and of course the sky's the limit and uh you know yeah i mean i know and i know there- people who have much higher expense much more expensive bikes than that and there really is a difference when you get on a bike like this, isn't there? It really is. Uh, you know, I remember being on one, and my goodness, it actually moved as I rode. I could feel it <laughs> absorb my shock, uh, the shock of riding as you're as you're on it, and without even shocks, you know, just because of the, right. the, the the frame so soft. Uh, talk a little bit about that and and how uh, it is worth that extra money. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you want to ride, you want to enjoy your ride, whether it's just around the corner or whether you go to the the trails or you you, you go out on the road. And, you know, you start spending the money on 
you know, a better frame. You move up from a steel frame to an aluminum frame to a carbon fiber frame. It's lighter. It's easier to pedal. You're going to enjoy the ride a bit better. If you're on a mountain bike, you know, suspension means a lot. Quality of wheels means a lot. The, the um, derailers and the, and the shifting means a lot. You know, you, you can go up nowadays. There's electronic shifting and, and you know, you, there's a lot of things what? that really make electronic make shifting. Uh, electronic shifting. Oh, yes, man. Sir, it's that's not a bike. That's a Porsche. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, Sean, so right at time. I, that's amazing. Wow, that's incredible. Uh, Sean Green has been with us, owner of VeloFix Hamilton Mobile uh, Bicycle Repair Shop. Now pivoting uh, with COVID nineteen and sharpening your skates. Uh, where do we go to find you, Sean? Absolutely, you can go to velofix.com to book all of your bicycle needs and uh for skate sharpening you can uh reach out to our website skate to go hamilton and uh my 16 year old son jack would love to uh meet you and, and sharpen your skates for you skate to go hamilton with the sean green owner of velofix hamilton sean thanks for the time be well good luck with all this thanks scott have a great day you're listening to the scott thompson show podcast on 900 chml uh it's cold and when you live in this part of the uh, world, you know what that means. Uh, the people down on the Niagara Peninsula are going nuts because it is uh, ice wine season. I'll never forget driving down there and, and years ago and not knowing what this was about and seeing all these little white lights uh, out in the field. What the heck are these people doing? Uh, well, it's that time of year. Uh, Melissa Beamer is with us, Senior Manager, Employer Development of Co-op, Career and Exper- uh, Experimental Education with Brock University. Third year, Enology and Viticulture students are taking part in a first-of-its-kind ice wine co-op with a local winery and have been patiently waiting for the temperature to drop below minus eight and i'm sure they're the only ones uh to talk more about all of this from brock it's melissa beamer melissa thank you for the time i hope you're well i'm doing great thank you as good as i can be staying at home but i'm doing my part I hear you. I hear you. Now, this is something that uh, the college and the university down there have really jumped on, and kudos to you for doing that. And that's uh, the wine and, and even, uh, I guess, in some situations, a uh, crap brewing industry and how it has exploded down in your region. Tell us about this course. Absolutely. Well, in, our Enology and Viticulture program um, is a very well-established program at Brock, and it's one of the only programs of its kind in the country. So it's definitely something that sets us apart. And um, we have been running it as a co-op program pretty much since its inception, and it provides our students with amazing opportunities in world-class wineries right in our backyard. So what are they doing, obviously, than wait, other than waiting for the temperature to drop to minus A? What, what is this experience like for them as it's uh, their first time with this? Oh, okay. So, um, well, just to kind of piggyback off where this all started from, uh, Jamie Slingerland uh, from Pilateria Estates Winery uh, started a relationship with us back in 2017. We had a student who really wanted to work for Pilateria. And um, basically what our students do is typically they have either a harvest placement, which is basically harvesting the wine product, and that typically occurs in the fall, or they have a viticulture placement, which is where they're out actually in the fields growing the grapes and growing, um, preparing for the, the wine to be made. Uh, what Jamie did was he had hired on one of our students who had worked in our traditional capacity, And he said, you know what, I think it would be really amazing to have an opportunity for students to be able to participate and partake in the ice wine uh, harvest. Hmm. And 
we could definitely use the help because your students have been fantastic. Um, so it wasn't really part of our traditional scheduling for our students because they have a component where they're in class and a component that they're out in the field. But our enology and viticulture, pro- viticulture program is incredibly nimble and adjusts to uh, the industry needs. And um, they were able to work together to make it possible to free up some time for our students who were interested in taking part of this part in this amazing experience to be able to go out and do the harvest. So those students are working like crazy to make sure that the grapes get harvested at the exact appropriate time. There's a very small window, and they're working all night. They're working all hours out in the cold, um, making sure that when those grapes are ready, they're off the line and ready to go. What a great uh, way to see educational institutions and the community come together. This is this is fabulous. W- tell us how this industry is exploding down there. Oh, my gosh. Well, I even think, I mean, I'm in Niagara, born and bred. And I remember, you know, there were a handful of wineries uh, when I was a child. And, you know, you'd have visitors come from abroad and you'd take them for tastings, right? Um, now, I mean, even in uh, since I've worked uh, at Brock in the last 20 years, the number of opportunities that we have available to students just surely based on the explosion of the industry is, I mean, it's unprecedented. We don't have enough students to meet the needs of the industry down here because there's so many different types of wineries and different opportunities available to our students. We have small, tiny boutique wineries, um, as well as some of the larger, um, you know, multinational corporations and international corporations that we have students working for for them. So, you know, from all the way from Niagara-on-the-Lake all the way through to the other end of the region and, you know, the Beansville Bench, um, it, there's a winery every few feet, it seems. It's fantastic. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, how, do we get, how do we find out more about this program if students are interested? Oh, for, absolutely. Um, basically, what they can do is go to our website, www.brocku.ca, and if anybody is interested in getting into that program, it is an amazing opportunity, especially for students directly from high school. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of students out there who are interested in the sciences, and this is uh, honestly no better industry to get into right than than this one, especially if you're from Niagara. Um, definitely reach out to our recruitment and liaison services at the university. And if you're interested in studying that program, um, please give us a shout out and let us know. Melissa uh, Melissa Beamer has been with the Senior Manager, Employment Development of Co-op Career and Experimental Education, Brock University, talking about their winemaking course, although there's a lot more sophisticated term for it than that. Uh, <laughs> Melissa, thank you so much for the time. Be well. Thank you. Have a great day. Take care. Bye-bye. You too. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.